Bernie Sanders campaign has announced it will host a rally this weekend in Los Angeles featuring hip-hop group Public Enemy. It's all part of his plan to win in November of 1988. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's better than Biden uh, campaigning with the Andrews sisters. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, Bernie, we were talking about Bernie last hour, a political magazine article from 2015 about his uh, his, his his youth, but the youth we're talking about leads up to age 40, which... It's not exactly a kid. But anyway, yeah. um, uh, no visible means to support what was going on there. I'm not sure there's anything there. I'm, uh, But the media is going to... He was a community organizer. He might have been. I don't know how he fed himself doing that, but we got this paycheck. Thinking and reading at the same time. Take two. Um, we got this text, and I don't have any idea to believe this is true. I'm, I'm, I'm not into uh, uh, bringing down uh, politicians with... Made up stories, but uh, no real job. Late sixties hippie town. He was selling pot, sitting around talking about socialism and selling pot. Well, okay. Well, you know that could be that would be the story his campaign put out though. I like the Soviet support story better. Really, I'm claiming without evidence. <laughs> yeah, I have no. It's idea. just a supposition. I'll be interested to see how. Much scrutiny, a guy with no visible means of support from 25 to 40, just kind of bumming around, surviving somehow. Yeah. I mean, not surviving very well. He lived in a place with dirt floors for a while, and his electricity was shut off all the time. He was running an extension cord from next door when one of his friends visited him, that sort of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So, you know, getting by that way. Well, listen, and again... It's entirely possible he was a dirt-poor, radical journalist organizer guy. and you Who know, made he, enough to eat and put a couple dollars with the gas in his car. Yeah, and, and trying to s- spread the gospel of Marxism. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to me, there's, there's plenty with his policies and his philosophies to loathe. Right. I don't need any more. But uh, how much scrutiny will there be for what was going on during that period of life versus if he had made $100 million somehow on Wall Street? In which case, everybody would want to dig into every aspect of it and what, in which ways he ripped off the common man. By right. becoming successful during that period of time. Yeah. Be great enthusiasm like there was for a young Mitt Romney or Donald Trump or whoever else has made it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to somebody who's, how are you even surviving, dude? Taylor emailed us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Bernie supported himself by being someone's sleeve boy during the 70s. <laughs> I don't think that's actually Sleeve true. boy. Uh, oh, I, what was I going to say? Oh, hey, listen, at armstrongandgetty.com, our brand new uh, book club podcast with... Uh, Craig, the healthcare guru, and Tim, the lawyer. Uh, it's uh, all about tribe by Sebastian Younger, and uh, Tim, the lawyer, and I get into a bitter, bitter argument. Conflict, yes. Uh, oh, it's just it's uh, well the the the, um, the wounds will remain for some time because of the coronavirus. As of yesterday, U.S. stocks and the Dow were down twelve hundred points, ten percent from the recent high. That was as of yesterday. It's down further today. If it closes anywhere near where it is today, it'll be the biggest, it'll be the worst week since the Great Collapse of 2008. I'm down much more than 10% from my high point, just for the record. Yeah, worst week since 2008, which is really something. Um, my high point a number of years ago, I was something then. You should see the pictures. <laughs> uh, you should see the pictures. There was a little a moment yesterday that could have caused the Dow to collapse pretty quickly. 
and because uh, World War III will do that. There, I got a New York oh, Times oh, oh, alert oh, okay. that the Russians had killed 30 Turkish soldiers there on the border. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, the New York Times got back with correction. We don't know that it was the Russians. Their initial report was wrong. It it's, might be that mighty Syrian Air Force. It still might have been the Russians. More than 30 Turkish soldiers, soldiers were killed by airstrikes stri- in northwest Syria yesterday. And Who's Turkish, your buddy now, Erdogan, you punk? Yeah, Turkish officials are blaming Syrian government forces, who are backed by the Russians. But uh, the strikes could set up a clash between Russia and Turkey, which would be a pretty big deal. Now, I heard on a liberal network that uh, Putin was saying it was not our guys, and Erdogan pointedly rejected that. He said that's not so. so That'd be yeah. something if Turkey and Russia got into a battle. Turkey is a NATO country. In theory, when one NATO country goes attacked, we're all on their side. Well, Erdogan, who's our best friend of me ever, um, appealed to NATO to come to their aid and uh, called for an emergency meeting. You got a million people leaving Ibdid. Is that the name of the town there? Idlib, Idlib. province. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's beautiful this time of year, except for all the death. Yeah, the the Russians and the and the Syrian government are just massacring people. Old school. I mean, mm-hmm. remember when John Kerry, our Secretary of State, said that's a so an 18th century move in a 21st century world. Well, this is like a 4th century move. Mm. And the 21st century world is saying, eh, what are you going to do? As they just slaughter people as they're running from their homes and schools and hospitals. Total uh, war, well, hmm, take two, total warfare to make your en- enemy capitulate. It's just, right. it's a thing. And the Russians and the, with the, uh, and the Syrian government are just doing this. And all these people are headed toward Turkey. And Turkey's saying, you ain't coming here. Look, we got people on the on the border with guns, and you ain't coming in. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to turn out. Well, that could be just a humanitarian nightmare. It already is, actually. And I'm not hearing a lot of people talking about nope. doing anything about nope. it. Nope. nope. The UN, useless. And I got one other. Useless N. There is, uh, on average, 7% lower birth rate tomorrow than any other day of the year. On, oh, because it's leap day? Because it's leap day, and we have so many cesareans, women do not book their cesarean for leap day because they don't want their baby to have a, a word birthday that they only have every four years. So leap day gets way uh, fewer uh, births. Your child still ages at the same rate of everyone else. <laughs> no, that's not true, Sean. That's not true. Your child will live to be 400 years old. When you have a 20-year-old, they're really only five. That's right. And they're still in diapers. And It's it's a slightly amusing joke, uh, but it's not actually the way. Hey, you well, know, why would you choose that? You wouldn't If you're looking at the calendar around this time of pregnancy, you'd think, eh, I'm not going to pick a leap day. Let's do it on the Monday. Oh, I after. think that would amuse the heck out of a kid. It would mm-hmm. amuse the heck out of me. Uh, everybody likes to feel special, but Homo sapiens do two things: Jack, think way too much and think way too little. That is what we're good at. And this is an example of thinking way too much. Just look, Friday fits on your. Don't worry about the dang. Of course, you got a lot of people, a disconcerting number of people who believe in the whole numerology nonsense too. Especially uh, folks from, from Asia. Um, so I'd, I'd imagine there's a fair amount of that. Oh, and you know one that. campaigning note, I did uh, reconfirm, it is true. Bernie is in Massachusetts today campaigning. Why not South Carolina with the primary tomorrow? I don't know if his internal polling says, ah, we can't win it, so let's not waste resources there. But the idea of being in Massachusetts is 
beat Elizabeth Warren in her own state, and she is done. End her. Eliminate the person who's most taking your votes. Mm -hmm. And that might be the best strategy. It reminds me a little of World War II, the multi-front wars, where you would have to decide, all right, listen, we're not going to oppose Rommel in North Africa for a while. We're going to move those resources and take on blank. And he's just decided the best thing he can do is end and old uh, Focahontas. Elizabeth Warren said yesterday... Horse-faced lesbians. <laughs> she said yesterday she's going to stay in it through the convention. Of course, you always say that. Every candidate says that the day yeah. before they get out. Can I uh, veer wildly back to the coronavirus Absolutely. for a moment? Um, this is a nice note from uh, local health inspector Eric. He He signs off. I find it incredible that these viruses emerge every single year from the same regions of the Far East and can be traced directly to people sleeping, eating, crapping, and fornicating within arm's length of livestock and rodents. Mm. Every year we have to scramble around and spend billions to develop a vaccine because of a non because of the non-existent hygiene in, I'll say it, third world crap holes. Mm. Yet at the same time, we're supposed to You're feel... just afraid of the other. Yet at the same time, we're supposed to feel guilty about secure borders and tightening immigration standards. Well, that's a good point. It is a good point. Oh, man. Oh, oh I, wondered, I almost forgot. I wondered why that hasn't come out more on the coronavirus uh, conversation. How about you secure borders so you have some idea comes in, for one thing? Well, this is going to be quite an experience for you. I have a message sent home from a school district to parents about the coronavirus that will simultaneously make you guffaw and vomit. Oh, I can't wait. Which oh, could, wow. Could be, quite, <laughs> could be quite a mess. <laughs> Stay tuned if you dare. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've got an unnecessary censorship from Jimmy Kimmel that Sean said has him a little nervous. So we we probably ought to listen to it before we play it. I don't understand. It's unnecessary censorship. There are no dirty words in the underlying tape. I want you guys to preview it first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you, you don't want your name on the uh, approval of this one? I'm not sure I can be party to cowardice. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll listen to it. So speaking of listening to things, this is a uh, one of your auto-distributed messages from a school system. It happens to be in the ever-so-enlightened Bay Area of California. Uh, uh, Most of it is just mildly interesting in that this is what Schools are telling parents, uh, but wait for it. There's something you'll really enjoy about midway through. Dear Vacaville Unified Parents and Guardians, the Vacaville Unified School District has been notified by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Oh, wait a minute. You know, it's funny. Hey, hey, uh, Michael, get the, uh, he's blind, he's blind, he's gay. It's the same chick. <laughs> Sounds the same. I swear it's the same woman. Listen to her voice. Let me know when that's ready. Guardians. The Vacaville Unified School District yeah. has been notified by the Centers for Disease Control. Very, very you got it? We're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, <laughs> who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Ooh, Everest. That's close. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. All right, now back to so this. We'll hear about that. Convention to urge our sites to prepare yes. for possible... That's the same damn moment. There's just a little more treble in that. Uh, yeah, that's wild. The anyway, coronavirus she... is more likely to affect you if you're gay. I mean, you're blind. I mean, gay. 
Did I say gay? I meant I mean blind. Chinese, not Chinese. All right, the, the, <laughs> Don't eat bats. All right, bat, where were we? Ah, yes. The message home to the, the nice parents. Here we go. To urge our sites to prepare for possible 2019 novel coronavirus outbreaks. For weeks now, our administrators have been working closely with Solano County Public Health to ensure student and staff safety. Last night, the CDC confirmed the first case of novel coronavirus in Solano County. While this may be alarming to some parents, there is no need to panic. We can assure you that our staff is doing everything in their power to keep school sites disinfected and clean for all students. It is our senior protocol to wipe down all surfaces every day with disinfectants. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? What happened? Did it stall out? Come on, China! There's something about that tone of voice. Xi Jinping just caused that tape to go wild. What? There's something about that tone. uh, uh, There's something about it. I don't even know if it's the tone or the delivery or the wording or whatever about mid-level academics. That just makes me think, I don't trust you to organize a one-car parade. Right. Let alone figure this out. Well, that would be easy. Oh, I get it. (laughs) You're just smart enough to be dangerous. Yeah. All right, let's see if this keeps rolling. How did I've listened to this three times. Now it stalls on me. It's just Xi Jinping. Can you give me the gist of it? No. No. No, you no gist. And the you gist won't. isn't good enough. I don't wanna. All right, hang on a second. With disinfectants, we're encouraging all students and staff to frequently wash their hands, to cover their nose and mouth when sneezing and coughing, and encouraging staff and students to stay home if they are sick. Here we go. We understand the novel coronavirus is a concern for many of our parents. We ask that you keep in mind that this is a virus and it is not specific to any single race or ethnicity. Please speak with your children about cultural sensitivity during this challenging time. Oh. We will continue to provide further updates from the CDC. Please speak to your children about cultural sensitivity in this difficult time. Because you know seven-year-olds, they're always looking to pin viruses on various ethnic groups. Stop it. You know what I really fear, Jack, is an anti-Asian backlash. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing that. Please. About a mild disease you're not going to get? Well, and how about a week and a half ago? Was it a week and a half, two weeks ago, when uh, Trump administration announced travel restrictions from China? The entire left-wing media, all the usual suspects, went crazy that they were overreacting and that it was racist. And now they're screaming every bit as loud that the administration's underreacting and they have no plan. Okay. All right. Guy in Oklahoma City kept hearing noises up in his attic, and he, uh, he assumed he'd had squirrels up there and had been going on for a while, so he finally decided to go up there and check on the squirrels and deal with it. Could he had squirrels in his attic before? Or was someone living up there? Bernard <laughs> Sanders. <laughs> no, it was not Bernard Sanders. Um, he, someone was, uh, humans were up there? Them are big squirrels. That clip is going to end up being pretty fun, isn't it? Oh, it's oh, growing yeah. on me. I wasn't sure about it at first. <laughs> it's, but all, it's, it's, it's the Alex Baldwick of 2020. Yeah, it's really good. It's something about the way he says it. Bernard Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, anyway, obviously it's not funny in reality when you find out you got somebody living up in your attic. Um, so what, do you, what happened? The, do you uh, have to fight him? Or? On, on the 911 call. That's not squirrel droppings. Oh, jeez. Um, on the 911 call, you can hear the homeowner direct the suspect out of the house at gunpoint. I want you to walk toward the gate and put the gun down and unlock the gate, dispatch said. Hmm. Um, no, I'm not going to put the gun down until I decide to put the gun down, right. dispatch. I'm here, you're there. 
Yeah, you know, if you found something in your attic, you'd be unpleased with it. Yeah, you know, I... You're no, why, you're not a squirrel at all, I would say. <laughs> so... <laughs> Where's your tail? Wait a moment. I, when I was a kid, my g- grandmother had this big collection of your Reader's Digest condensed books mm. that were, you know, the, the popular novels of each year that they would, like, cut out the fluff and get them down to, like, 150 good, compelling pages. Um, and I used to just suck those up as a kid, but there was one I read, Mrs. Something or Other Lives Alone was the title. Ooh. And it was about how some dude had uh, infiltrated her attic or basement or something and was living there and, and terrible things ensued. No oh, man, that freaked me out as a kid for a very long time. Growing up in the Midwest, of course, we had a basement. And you go down in the basement... And during the constantly changing Midwestern uh, weather, the various beams and planks are always shifting and creaking and moaning and the rest of it. So I'd be down there, and what's worse yet is my name is Joe, so I would be downstairs in my basement here, oh, <laughs> oh from the beams. <laughs> and, oh, my, oh, I practically wet myself. I couldn't run fast enough back upstairs. <laughs> what's wrong? Oh, nothing. <laughs> you thought there were spirits in your basement calling your name? Well, as a seven-year-old, yeah, oh. it kind of freaked me out. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I'd be down there playing a little uh, hockey. As our, it was unfinished basement. I used to go down there with my friends and play hockey all winter long. Yeah. But um, And then the uh, the evil spirits would come from my soul, <laughs> and I would uh, end the hockey game and go upstairs. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. is doing one of his giant fun concerts in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, like a lot of um, uh, musicians, when they're playing a giant arena, they wear a jersey from a local sports hero, which is common. Like, you know, you're playing Staples Center and you wear a, a Kobe jersey. Very cool. So he threw on a Barry Sanders jersey. Biggest sports star, still the most beloved sports star in Detroit sports history. Bigger than Al Kaline. Running back from the... Um, Detroit Lions, Barry Sanders. So he wore a Barry Sanders jersey. The Barry Sanders football number was 20. So he's wearing a jersey that said Sanders 20. And people mistook it for it being Bernard Sanders. Bernie 2020. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Sanders 20. If you saw a sign in somebody's yard that said Sanders 20, you you wouldn't think, oh, it's it's a Barry Sanders fan. I must be a fan of the great halfback from Detroit. No, that's hilarious. So he's wearing in front of a country music crowd a Bernie 2020 jersey. That is hilarious. And, of course, people went crazy on Facebook and wherever else they do that. Sort of I've lost a lot of respect for you today. Yeah, exactly. Garth, I've always been a big fan, but one, I can't believe. One tweeter said, no thanks, Trump 2020. Sanders, really, so out of touch. Uh, if that's Bernie's shirt, I just lot a lot lost a lot of respect for you. It, the funny part is, it's a Lions jersey. Yeah. If this is truly Garth, very sad. You just lost a fan, Trump twenty twenty. You know what? How much does Bernie is, pay you to do this? This is so good because wow. this is the tone of some of the jackasses who email us and text us, and y'all are every bit as dumb as these people. This is a good one. 
Hey, Garth, nothing like supporting a communist to lose a few fans. How about going to a successful socialist country and doing the same research? You can't because there aren't any. Yep, you're adamant <laughs> and you're angry and you have no idea what you're talking about. And you're a jackass. And you're certain. Right. Your certainty is the best part. Uh, listen, I'm certain of this. Garth Brooks is one of the coolest people on the planet. Number one. A uh, great songwriter, an unbelievable performer, and, and a thoroughly decent human being, according to all who have dealt with him. But he has tucked in a sports jersey into his jeans. That's not right. You can't do that. <laughs> Did he? I, that is so not cool. Did he have to do that because he's got a wireless pack on his uh, belt? That looks dumb. How do you live in Detroit, where Bernie Sanders is the biggest sports star? And not immediately go to that in your mind as opposed to, oh, my God, he's supporting Bernie 2020. Oh, Bernard my. Sanders. Almost Does, certainly everybody in the stadium knew what it was. But when you post the picture oh, gotcha. on social media, right, you're broadcasting Sanders to a, a larger. And again, hilarious. I, I get them thinking, what the hell? <laughs> but the whole, you lost a fan. You're great, but now I hate you. <laughs> God, you people. Oh, you wear me out. Oh. I could expect this sort of stuff from Chris Gaines, but not you, Garth. <laughs> God, that, that was unfair. Oh, that's funny. Now, uh, speaking of uh, ill will and celebrities, uh, the feud between Disney star Sky Jackson and rapper Bahad Bahabi are, is getting more and more serious, and the uh, the authorities are now involved. Rapper Bahad Baby. She's the Bahad one. Bahad Bahabi. You're breathing extra hard in the middle. No, of that. I don't. I don't <laughs> believe in silent letters. She spells it B H A D B H A B I E. Bahad Bahabi, sixteen years old, uh, also known as da- Danielle Brigoli, the uh, the obnoxious little s from the uh, the uh, Doctor Phil show. Take me outside. How about that? That's right. That's who we're talking about. Take you outside. How Catch about- me outside. How about that? Catch you outside. What does that mean? Catch you outside, Doctor Phil, doing his. You know, I don't quite get this. I'm a therapist just here to try to help a child who's struggling voice, not just trying to, hey, I think you said something I can exploit for rating. So the the (laughs) Disney star, Sky Jackson, was motivated to file for the protective order after Bahad Bahabi went on Instagram Live two days ago and stated, I will literally kill you. Wow. Catch me outside. How about that? According to Bahad Bahabi, Sky was trying to get all up with Bahabi's boyfriend via a Finsta. Can somebody help me? Finsta? That's probably a messaging app of some sort. And blocked her on Instagram. What's getting all up with someone? Uh, getting together with. Encroaching on my corner. Courting? Hugging uh, yeah, up. Yeah. Yes. And blocked her on Instagram and Twitter. She's moving sneaky. Don't go post on your fake page, the rapper said on her live. What was that first part? Don't. Uh, oh, she's a, moving sneaky. She's moving sneaky. A Finsta is a fake Instagram account or like somebody's burner account. Oh, okay. oh yeah. right. Like Ron Mexico might have a burner right, account. Right, right. In court documents, Sky states, the harassment has caused me to be fearful of leaving my house by myself and lack of sleep. Um, did she mean it's caused her to be fearful of lack of sleep, or that's an oddly constructed sentence? Uh, including in the filing are alleged Instagram messages. Uh, exchanged between Bahad Bahabi and Sky. I'll dog you, Bahad writes, to which Sky responds, What's the issue now? I haven't even said nothing about you. Don't need any drama in my life. I'm good. If you heard, seen something, it's old. Ain't nobody said anything. 
In another alleged message, Behaby writes, Shut your scary ass up. Catch me outside. How about that? I'm a get to you. Hide. That's all Imma tell you. Hide. Those sound like threats to me. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, Danielle doesn't seem to be that concerned herself. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is How old's bad the... baby at this point? Did you say she's 16? or She is a bad 16-year-old. How old was she during when she said, catch me outside? How about that? Uh... She is young. She's 14, 14 or something like that. Yeah. She's yeah. Been in Catch my... me outside. How about that? Catch me outside? What What does that How mean? How about that? Uh, How? Uh, she's been in my life for two years. That seems unfortunate. You can all <laughs> you can all play around on your finstas, but I'll always say what's on my mind as because that's who I am. <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? Go get your Catch restraining you order. Catch you outside? Catch what, you does up... what, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my new motto. I'll always say what's on my mind as cuz. That's who I am. As cuz. I got to start using that in sentences. <laughs> right. Right. And it Sounds goes Sounds like on. a boom hour sort of thing. <laughs> bing, ding, bing, as cuz, bing, ding, bing, ding. <laughs> and on it goes. Oh, boy. The spoutings uh, I'll, of I'll morons. tell you what. I noticed this on Twitter uh, more than, than anywhere else. If I follow a couple threads, like somebody will, somebody who follows us or something will tweet, and then I'll, I'll check that, and then I'll see a tweet from them, and I'll start following, and I'll getting into this world where people talk like that. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me. I have no idea. I mean, the language is so different from the way I speak with it's people. It's a dialect, yeah. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. It's wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, I not... Not kind of don't get occasional words. Like, the whole tweet, I have no idea if we're talking about cars, planes, sex, the economy. I mean, just zero idea what's going on here. By getting up in my stuff, is that a threat or are you attracted to me? (laughs) There's tons of that on social media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a glimpse into another world. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just don't get the lingo or... Uh, Oh, hey, back to Bernie very briefly uh, and his source of income. TK writes, hey, guys, there are quite a few 20 to 40-something homeless advocates in Santa Rosa, California, being supported financially by the Democratic Socialists of Northern California and Democratic Socialists of America. They're openly supported. Um, These are not the domicile challenge, but activists who help the junkie bums move their stuff from place to place. Um, in nice pickup trucks and feeding them, trying very hard to work themselves into the burgeoning homeless bureaucratic complex. So, yeah, they're Bernie Sanders types. I got a couple of things about uh, the world of getting a job, a new job. Um, How to talk about your past successes in job interviews. Step one, stand up on your chair before you do it. We'll shout, who do you think you are? I am, or whatever that guy said. (laughs) Whoever you think you are, that's right. Who do you think you are? I am. That's what I would shout. Uh, Step one, be direct. Step two, be relevant to what the job interview is asking you. And step three, link your past to their future. That's pretty good. Something you've done in the past that's going to help their future. Mm, Tough to not come off as jivey. Right. So I like that little list. I like this one better. How to have a fun fact at the ready. When you get hired for that new job and you're being introduced there like in the conference room, probably. Right. This is Joe. Joe is new with this. He's going to be on the team now. And, uh, Joe, uh, how about a fun fact for everybody? 
Well, when when I was young, I used to enjoy skinning the neighborhood cats. <laughs> See, that's an example of a that, bad one. That's a terrible example. <laughs> okay. Um, but the idea here is to have one at the ready because it says the uh, the idea, the ideal fun fact is two things. Interesting enough to ensure nobody makes you do it over. Like, no, that's no good. How about another fun fact? Yeah. <laughs> I like bagels. <laughs> I used to own a Corolla. No, surely you have a better fun fact than that. Um, or, I, I respect women purely in relation to the size of their breasts. <laughs> I like this. So have, make sure it's good enough that, you know, that it, it fulfilled, it reached the mark of what they're hoping for. Yes. But not so interesting that everyone has a lot of follow-up questions. <laughs> Oh, right. It doesn't have to actually be fun. It will rarely be fun. You just want to get through this without embarrassing yourself or leaving a mark for yeah, you know see. the rest of the, the, the your early tenure. There. I was I was an astronaut and I walked on the moon, but I better just say I was a pilot. So there aren't a lot of follow up <laughs> questions. This list is already dumb. I just oh, I get it. <laughs> Come on, I get it. You you just you just want to get through it. You just want it to be over. You don't, right. you, you don't want to... I had chlamydia once. You don't want it to be something that sticks with you. Right, like chlamydia. Um, I get it. So there's, there's almost only downside to these things. Right. Yeah, that's so the point. So you're just, just trying to get through it. Okay. The, the I, it doesn't have to be fun. It's not going to be fun, the fun fact. You just want to get through it, kind of innocuously. So I thought that was pretty good advice. My great-grandfather, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> See, there would be follow-ups to that. Oh, right. Right. Uh, they got some examples. Your biggest non-serious fear, like I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of chipmunks or something like that. <laughs> don't go with something too vulnerable, like don't say your biggest fear is death. That might chill the room. <laughs> and just stare off into the distance when you say it. <laughs> Which is always right around the corner. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. We got more of these later we'll get to, but we're going to talk to Lon Hee Chen, one of our favorite political analysts, coming up in a little bit. I think we we got to go full-on Bernie discussion, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. What's the general going to look like? The general election. Lon Hee Chen on the way. Armstrong and Getty. I believe that health care is a human right. Senator, would you include the 11 million other commensurate in Absolutely, absolutely. When I talk about health care being a human right, last time I heard that undocumented people are human beings as well. We need the best educated population in the world. That means we're going to make our public colleges and universities tuition-free and open that to the undocumented as well. So free health care and free college for everybody. It's undoable even if you don't include illegals, but including illegals. For everybody on Earth, if they happen to plant their feet on our soil. Huh? That'd, be a, that'd be a heck of an experiment. To discuss this and other aspects of the likely Bernie candidacy, uh, please welcome Lonnie J. Chen, the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford. Lonnie, always good to talk to you. How are you? Good morning. You know, my question is, what about the what about the Martians? Yeah, exactly. When, when the Martians arrive, are, are they going to be uh, able to get access to all of this as well? I almost wonder if there's any point in discussing the... Um the idea, since even if he, if Bernie was elected president, unless you had 
Geez, a full 70 votes in the Senate and a dominating House majority. Well, you'd probably you, need 80 yeah, because you, you couldn't you're keep right. your party together. You're right. You'd need 85 votes in the Senate and 400 in the House <laughs> <laughs> to, to be able to get to a majority to even try to pull that off. But can you get elected with that idea? That's, that's the question. Yeah, it, it's a good question. So, I mean, I think we take a step back here. So the, the concept of Medicare for all, the concept of expanding uh, the government's control over health care, I actually think at this point in time, there's a decent amount of public support for that. Now, yep. the reason why I'd argue is because people don't really know what the implications of it would be when you start to tell people, hey, look, it's going to mean that the, the, the health care you have now, the doctor you have now, you, you're probably not going to have access to that. Then that changes people's calculus real quick. I do think the separate question of whether to furnish that health care to people who are here illegally, I think that crosses a different bridge. And there, I don't think, to your guys' point, I don't think you're going to see overwhelming support in the Senate. I don't see moderate Democrats coming out and saying, yeah, let me sign up for that. You know, I, I think even some progressive Democrats are uncomfortable with that. So there's two different concepts here. One, I think, is slightly more likely. But, but the other is, I think, politically really, really going to be lethal for Bernie Sanders or whoever embraces it going into the fall campaign. Hey, we've been talking the last couple of days, this, this Political Magazine article from 2015 about Bernie Sanders um, uh, past. And it's interesting on how there, there hasn't been that much drilling down on his life the way there are a lot of presidential candidates. And I think it's because... Well, two things. One, the media, you know, uh, is rooting for Bernie, so they don't have that much enthusiasm for digging up anything that would be harmful to him. And two, nobody's ever thought he's ever actually going to win. So you just kind of you listen to him say his stuff and you cheer and go on. But now that it's getting closer, that he looks like he might be the nominee. Um, going back and looking at this stuff, and like we've been reading about this, he's got like a 15 year period of his, of his life where he had no visible means of support. He was just bouncing around as, as kind of a hippie talking about socialism. He never he never had a steady job in his life until he got a government paycheck as mayor. And I just wonder, do you think this stuff is going to become a story if he becomes the nominee? I, you know, I go back and forth on this because there's a lot of stuff. You guys are right. There's a lot of stuff in his past. I mean, some of his writings in his 30s are, are just really foul. I mean, if you look at them, and I'm, just, I'm not just talking about uh, things relating to uh, you know, being a socialist. I'm talking about things that are just outright weird and, and suggest that one ought to question whether the person is fit for office. I mean, there's a lot of this stuff that will come out. I, I tend to think that stuff will surface. The issue that I find with Bernie is that his response to those things tends to be quite effective in our politics right now, which is basically to say, don't pay attention to it. It's fake news. I'm not even going to deal with it. Uh, let's just move on. And instead of addressing it, you know, that, that's why I think in some ways I've been recalibrating my thoughts on how competitive he would be as a general election candidate. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that actually thinks because of how he is and because of how um, how little he engages with any of this stuff, he might actually be decently effective in a fall campaign. I don't think he's going to win, just to be clear, but I think he could make it interesting. Oh. What, what does it say about the Democratic Party at this point in our nation's illustrious history that their nominee is, A, not a Democrat, and B, ideologically way out there? How'd this happen? Well, I, I think it speaks to the to the situation we see with both parties, where essentially both parties are basically like empty vessels ready to be taken over by, you know, whoever comes along and espouses whatever views they espouse. And so, you know, the reality is the Democratic Party is not the same Democratic Party that we saw, you know, that elected Bill Clinton. This is a Democratic Party that by and large 
uh, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of form to it and doesn't have a whole lot of ability to push back on an unconventional candidate. And by the way, not all that different from the 2016 campaign when the Republican Party, you know, a lot of Republican establishment types were coming out saying they didn't want Trump. But to, to show you how weak the party mechanism was, they weren't able to stop Donald Trump from being the nominee. And in the same way, the Democratic Party may not be able to stop Bernie Sanders from being the nominee. It just means that the parties are not the same as they used to be. Yeah, the parallels between Bernie and Trump are really interesting and, 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 and yeah. quite deep. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a number of people have written on this. Ross Dowsett had a column in the New York Times, I, I forget how long it was, about a week ago, basically saying that the ascendancy of Bernie is very similar from a political context as the ascendancy of Trump was. You know, similar dynamic. You've got a party establishment that looks like they're panicking, but they're not really willing to do anything or do enough to, quote, stop him. And even if they could, by the way, that might not be good for the party. Sure. It might not be good for people because there's a perception that you're taking away from the guy who rightfully had won it. Roll well, right. We've talked about this a fair amount. They might just have to go through it. And, and see what happens yeah. on the other side. And by the way, to continue the discussion in the few seconds we have left, you could also draw a line from Trump to Bernie to to Macron to Brexit to you know yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a couple other things. Um, and what happens on the other side will be fascinating to watch. Lonnie Chen, Lonnie, we broke a little uh, late last segment. We apologize. We're out of time. But let's just uh, talk again as soon as possible. Always uh, enjoy it very much. Thanks. Sounds great, guys. All right. Well, you know, I actually like the idea of uh, of discussing and voting on the, the current issues that the candidates are espousing as opposed to their past. I prefer that. Mm-hmm. Sure, I um, hear you. Yeah. So it doesn't bother me that uh, if if that wins the day. Actually, You're just not talking about the past. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If those issues win the day, that bothers me a great deal. <laughs> 